in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Hey, everybody. Uh, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. It is Rebound Radio. 888-346-9144. Matt and I are back in uh, junk conjunction with each other. It's been a, it's been a couple weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. <coughs> last tell, week. them, tell them why you weren't here last week. <laughs> All right. Last week, I got up at 2 in the morning, and my 11-year-old daughter and myself piled into the car, and she got to sleep, but I drove all the way over to, and have not been to, uh, Knott's Berry Farm. I've never been. She's never played been. with the Clippers for a year. <laughs> and I never, well, hey, I just did, never made it. Well, that's fine. So we get there at 9 in the morning, and um, the park opens at 10, and I've had no sleep. But thank goodness there's no line, so, you know, dear old dad can ride terrifying ride after terrifying ride to where he's queasy. Yeah. But uh, we, we closed it down at 6. And then we lay it down, and old dear old dad passes out, wakes up the next day, re-energized. Yeah. And, and the daughter looks up and says, Dad, can we go again? And, you know, she's on second week of fall break. And I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, wait, let oh, me yeah. make a phone call. So I called in and said to my wife, this is what we're going to do. And, um, and then reached out to you. And I appreciate you kind of covering my rear end. And my daughter appreciates you covering yeah, so my rear end. have another day. <laughs> so we now, did. Was she more, were you more scared about the rides than her? You know, here's the issue. You have these signs where they hold up the little, and they say, you got to be this tall to ride this ride. Mm -hmm. My issue is, is, dude, you're way too tall to ride this ride. There ought to be a a maximum amount, too, because I get in these uh, rides where I don't fit, Mm -hmm. and the ride just beats the crap out of me, my knees and my hips, and you know what I mean? I'm supposed to sit in this here chair, right, and we're going to launch you at 80 mile an hour, the... The one that uh, just, they all scare the heck out of me, but yeah. this particular one. Yeah. But my head doesn't fit back in the headrest. Instead, it sits on top of the headrest. And I'm like, I'm looking at the people, and I appreciate that they triple check your your, your seatbelt three times, but you know what? What about my dome piece? <laughs> what about my dome piece? <laughs> Is this thing going to be intact after this thing takes a couple laps? But all that being said, I, I was beat up. I felt like I was hit by a car <laughs> or a truck, but uh, it was all worth it because daddy-daughter time, you can't beat it. Yeah, the only person <laughs> ever get put on the uh, disabled list for uh, riding a roller coaster. <laughs> Anyways, this is Rebound Radio. We focus primarily on the National Basketball Retired Players Association, stories of former athletes and what they're doing now. Uh, Matt Fish, for those of you who don't know, playing the NBA for... Uh, NBA and overseas for 10 years, won a championship in the CBA, 6'11", good Iowa boy, (laughs) rang the dinner bell more times than I've had the dinner before, I think, uh, growing up on his farm. Uh, How many acres again? 200. 200. How many barns? Oh, gosh. Five? There are more back then than there is now, but there is more than five. Okay, that's a lot of barns. Um, So here's the thing. Moving forward, we've been doing this for about three months, now four months? No, longer than that. Longer than that? Okay, so... We're starting to fine-tune exactly what we want the show to be, and I think I'm speaking mm-hmm. for Matt in that regard. Yep. Um, I was fast-tracked into learning about the NBRPA, and Matt is the Phoenix chapter president. There are 11 of them total, including Matt, and their main goal or goals are um, to help former athletes in real life after the game is over. And 
Sometimes people play for two years, sometimes they play for ten, whether it's bad financial decisions or bad personal decisions when it comes to addiction and things in that regard. Um, the NBRPA is there for them. And another thing that they do is help with the charities that these specific guys want to uh, be a part of, want to spearhead. And Matt has worked with charities countless times. And uh, for the people need to understand that they do this out of the goodness of their hearts. It's not like, you know, this is Autism Speaks where the CEO makes $5 million a year and then, you know, 1% goes to charity. All of these things that these camps and everything that they put on, it's focused. The foundation is basketball, but the real... Uh, the important tangents that come from the camp are life skills, and uh, one major thing that Matt um, is focusing on is financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And I promised last week at the end of the show that we are going to talk briefly before we bring our our guest Jonathan Miller uh, from Sports Financial Advisors Association, who's worked closely with Matt in the MBRPA. Um, Tell me about the the app that will be rolling out. Don't give too much information okay. because it's not patented yet. <laughs> but give give some information on what this financial literacy app has to offer. Sure, you bet. Uh, the name of the app is Schooled Pro, S-C-H-O-O-O-L-D. Uh, and it's pro because we all want to go pro. But really, it's an app where it teaches in bite-sized lessons financial literacy. Uh, you can compete, so there's a game aspect of it. And as you find yourself through the game, uh, you'll compete with others who are playing the game With if you're making wise financial decisions. And, and um, when you unlock and get enough experience within the game, you have the ability to receive some benefits, and those benefits are going to be rolled out in more detail soon. But mm-hmm. it's going to benefit the student by having financially to, to go to college. So really, it's a win-win all the way around. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I know you, you kind of set me up for, I want to discuss real briefly, the NBRPA Las Vegas chapter just teamed up with the local police to promote peace in Vegas. So Las Vegas, uh, junkyard dog Jerome Williams just put on a basketball camp up there. And, and so this is an example of, of giving back, finding ways to give back. Well, he's got a READ60 program in the JYD project, and he developed this project, and he delivers workbooks to the students to be used from elementary through high school. And it does a variety of things, bullying and even financial literacy is in there, but a variety of things to help the student athlete or the athlete and the student uh, in life skills. So figuring out what's the best way to navigate, you know, life. And it goes through the curriculums all the way through your whole entire career, you know, all the way from kindergarten all the way through high school. So the books reach a big gamut of of folks. and, And behind it is like a celebrity basketball game. So he puts on this game where you have former NBA players playing against, you know, like the local um, uh, Las Vegas police officers. And they actually did that at Rancho High School real recent. Well, he's bringing this to every chapter. So I got a phone call from JYD this afternoon. Hey, man, let's pick a place to do it out there in Phoenix because we want to make sure that we, we're making a difference everywhere across the United States. So we're trying to pick some dates. We're trying to pick a high school, but we've just begun that process. But I'm looking forward to that. So there you go. Basketball's in our wheelhouse, but having a cause behind it is the true engine. Yeah, and it, even though you don't hear about upcoming events that are set in stone yet, all of these things are in the works every day and people are working together uh, in an effort to get kids together in a room, whether it be through basketball or otherwise, and and make a difference. We've kept this guy on hold for way too long. <laughs> My apologies. Um, CEA, uh, CPA for 25 years, Mr. Jonathan Miller, uh, Sports Financial Advisors Association, Mr. Miller, first off, and I always uh, start my interviews with this, explain, serve, don't just join to the listeners uh, in regard to Sports Financial Advisors Association. Starting off with the tough question. <laughs> yes, sir. Always. Um, people call and ask, what will I get out of being a member of the Sports Financial Advisors Association? 
And I tell them you're going to get out of it whatever you put into it. And what the association really is trying to do is develop a network of financial advisors who understand and want to do more relative to educating student-athletes and working towards building a program that will um, really give them the tools that will work toward um, processes that in the future are going to come into play. Uh, had a, a something as simple as, um, as a, a, a young man in my office who received a text from one of his buddies who had his third um, M, uh, ACL tear, mm. and he's in college, and the text was basically, what do I do now? So the idea is really to get advisors involved in the process of teaching and the process of developing the education programs and supporting things like schooled and so that these kids, at some point in their career, they're going to transition out, whether that be after 15 years or, unfortunately, maybe it'll happen in college. And so we really want people that want to be part of the process, not people that are going to come in and go, okay, what's in it for me? So is it really initially like a 70-30 split when, when they're first starting out maybe talking or, or thinking about becoming a member, you make them come most of the way, you give them information, and then when, they're, when you actually see that they're ready to work and they're ready to plan their future, that's when you step in and start doing your work? Well, the members are um, um, really, it's a nonprofit. So mm-hmm. people that are members are people that have filled out an application and um, expressed an interest in wanting, be, wanting to be part of the process. Uh, some have... Um, taken a little bit more responsibility than others, and we've had people that have come in and gone away real fast when they realized how difficult it is to actually work with um, professional athletes, but also uh, that it's a very difficult uh, industry to break into if you are not already in that industry. Uh, It takes a lot of work. Some people are just not willing uh, to do that work. Um, everybody thinks that when they see something on television or they see something on the news about uh, an athlete uh, having a financial issue, that they can fix that and, and that they could solve that problem, not realizing what it takes to, to really um, solve that problem and also what it really takes to develop a system where the education starts earlier. It's no different than the rest of the United States where we're having a problem with education, it's got to start earlier and we have to invest in it. The difference is that um, when uh, a, what I might call a normal person, has a financial problem, it's not uh, front page news. That's for sure. And and you talk about your due diligence. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? It's Matt Fish. You and I have been fri- <laughs> you and I have been friends for some me? time. <laughs> remember me? Well, you and I have been friends for a long time, and I've, I've always been so you know appreciative and supportive, and try to and you have to us as well. Um, you've been at this for a long time. You say it it's not it just doesn't happen overnight. I mean, how long have you been at this? Well, I've been in the industry for thirty years in sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, we started this about 11 years ago, honestly, once the uh, NFL created their advisor program because we felt that there needed to be a program that wasn't just NFL. It was really something that would be um, all sports, um, whether it be basketball and whether it be hockey, uh, baseball. It doesn't matter. It's, it's really working with that. And it's changed over the years to the point where we're really finding that the education is the key. Um, 
the leagues have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams themselves have their own agenda. And, you know, to, to the fact that people will say, well, you know, the team is owned by a billionaire. Don't you think he can educate the players? Um, the two problems with that is, number one, there's a liability in that that the teams don't want to accept, which makes sense from a business standpoint. If I teach you or talk to you about investments and they go bad, I don't necessarily want you to sue me. And the other part of it, which Matt can attest to, is that once you are in the league, it's pretty much too late. Um, You can't fix in one month or one week of rookie camp what it has taken society 18 years to mess up. So it really needs to start earlier to where um, the education and the uh, foundation is built. I no doubt about it, uh, and and we have had long discussions about that, and and of course, you know, I completely agree with education and the need to, to be educated, uh, because you know, if you don't know about things or not even educated enough to know what you're missing out on, you know, um, you're not going to get anywhere. So it, we're really, and I know I've always appreciated what what you've done. You've you've taught them how to fish. You know, you're not just leaving them out flying in the wind. You really take them under your wing. You know, you, you really help them in, a, in a, an area where now that you're comfortable with me, you know, and you know I'm here for doing good because you know all these athletes run across these idiots that are out there doing bad. You know, that's that first part is getting their trust. You know, and once you've got that, you, you, you hold their hand and you walk them through the entire process. And some of these guys need that. And I just, uh, you know, kudos goes out to you. And, and I just am completely excited about the up and coming conference, which I want to discuss in a little bit. Um, but, you know, well done, and uh, I think you, you're, you're doing it the right way. Um, Alex? Yeah, uh, no, please continue. I, I was just going to say thank you to Matt, too. I think as long as we're, you know, patting each other on the back, Matt's been a big supporter of the SFAA, and he's come out and he's spoken to the conference, and, and, and he has supported the conference and encouraged people to go there. And, you know, we, we, he and I are on the same wavelength relative to uh, the education piece and that that's really important, the trust piece. And one of the things that I always say is, well, how can we help? You know, I'll always ask somebody. It's not what's not what not what's in it for me. I've got a full time job as a CPA. Uh, what I'm really uh, trying to do is figure out how can we help these young men and women. Um, my my firm belief is is my belief that if we can, as a society, we we are responsible for paying these athletes large amounts of money. We support that by buying the tickets, by buying the NFL package, by buying the the, the jerseys, and so so we provide the money which goes to these young young men and women. Uh, and, and we are the ones that society puts them on a pedestal um, and creates this, this image and this person. Yet, um, as Matt will also attest to, as soon as that image is gone, uh, whether that be you have a bad year or you are cut, your entire support system falls away. And you know your friends, uh, you know, you're, you're down, you know, where you had a entire support system, now all of a sudden everybody kind of runs away and, and, and you're left uh, um, to figure it out on your own. Uh, I believe that if athletes can become more financially stable and more financially successful, that they will then give back to the community uh, because they'll have the, the, the financial resources to do that. And I think that that will then create a cycle of education for 
uh, younger kids that will kind of come up through the system and those that become pro and do make a lot of money or maybe they just go into business and make a lot of money, they're going to they're gonna realize what got them there and be able to have the financial resources to give back. Yeah, and that's, I'm going to take over. Thank yeah. you. I never get back pats, so I'm a little, <laughs> a little jealous about that. But um, we, so you have Michael Carter-Williams, for example, uh, was drafted, I believe, by the 76ers and deferred most of his rookie contract to a trust for himself, so he would be financially stable, more financially stable in the upcoming years than he was, you know, as a college athlete coming out and playing as a rookie. Do you foresee more, with financial literacy becoming more and more prevalent by the day, do you see more athletes doing that, or do you see it as, because I, I asked Matt about this a couple weeks ago, we were talking about it, and he said that he wouldn't have listened to a financial advisor when he was in the league. So there's got to be some sort of middle ground, and do you think the, the more and more um, the application of financial literacy and, and financial advisors now, do you think that in the future it will get better, or is there no way of knowing one way or the other? My, I think there's no way of knowing one way or the other, but I, I believe that you know, uh, maybe there's a 10% uh, increase in uh, people making smarter decisions every year. So eventually I think it will turn into having a, a more positive um, aspect of people getting making smarter decisions. Jonathan Miller, CPA, um, for over 30 years, works with athletes and, and the uh, and the movie. So we'll talk about your movie coming up because Matt brought uh, that to my attention, which mm-hmm. is very intriguing. Uh, Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio, Mr. Jonathan Miller on the line, Rebound Radio, where we will, we will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Jonathan Miller, our guest uh, for for the day. On the line, the... uh, 
topic is financial literacy and financial planning, financial advising. Um, Matt, I'm going to talk about what you were talking about off air because let's just get to it right now. Well, you know, Jonathan puts together a wonderful conference every year. Uh, last year, I believe, you know, and Jonathan can talk to it better than I, but I'm just going to maybe set him up. Uh, last year, it was here in Phoenix, Arizona, and again this year, it's here in Phoenix, Arizona, and we have a lot of good speakers that are coming out uh, to speak, and and and. and I'm just looking forward to it. I couldn't be there last year because I was in uh, Chicago doing my, uh, you know, my member internship for the MBRPA. Um, but I'm so glad that I'm going to be in town this year to be able to participate. Uh, I'm probably just best just to turn it over to Jonathan. Jonathan, share a little bit about the up-and-coming uh, conference you have. Great. So, um, yeah, last year, actually, uh, we had Harvey McKay come in and talk to us. Uh, just about networking, and so um, the conference uh, goal is uh, about a, two days of meetings. Most of the attendees are financial professionals, um, whether they're financial advisors, CPAs, estate planning attorneys, um, investment advisors, real estate uh, investment uh, advisors, agents, etc., as well as some retired athletes um, that are coming in who might be in business. Um, I will support a former athlete's business as best I can, um, as uh, Matt can attest to on mm-hmm. rebound and, and his efforts with that. But as well, uh, we've got Kevin Dahl, who uh, played 14 years in the NHL, mm-hmm. and it has a company called Victory, which um, is very interesting. It is basically both a social media private for athletes, but really what uh, what they do is they have and are working on a job board for uh, for athletes. So athletes that need jobs um, and uh, um, companies that are out there looking for athletes, um, specifically with skill sets, etc., and trying to match those up, but doing it in a way where the athlete doesn't feel as if they're being taken advantage of and that uh, in a more uh, private uh, private way. So Kevin's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Crystal Gifford, who's written a, a bunch of books and has actually taught at the college level about financial literacy and uh, has written some books about uh, her new book is, is about uh, really uh, athletes keeping money. And, and keeping more of their money, and uh, she, she's a, um, a great speaker. Um, Matt's going to be there. Uh, we've got uh, other people coming in from, uh, we've got someone coming in all the way from, from Europe to discuss the European issues of what's going on, because the issues relative to athlete uh, financial literacy don't uh, uh, exist only in, in the U.S. You've got uh, plenty of European uh, footballers, as well as basketball players who are earning money and are having the same issues that we're having here. Uh, that also exists in South America uh, as well. My, my understanding is you've got a lot of soccer players down there that, uh, that are getting a lot of money and uh, having the same financial issues uh, that, that we're having. It's becoming more of a human nature issue and, and a society issue than whether or not you're American or not. So... The goal of the conference is is twofold. Really, it's to uh, provide additional education for advisors to be a better advisor so that an advisor can come to the conference and we'll get a networking opportunity with people from all over the world as well as some education on pieces that may not be their, um, you know, their specialty. For instance, I'm a CPA, but I'm not an expert in, uh, in, in law 
or in estate planning. So I'm going to I'm going to be able to sit down and listen to an estate planning attorney tell me some of the interesting things that we can do with athletes, with my clients that I may not be aware of and what's new in uh in estate planning. Uh, uh Anna Terranova who's um coming in to speak, uh, talks a lot about compliance. There are some new regulations out there relative to the fiduciary responsibility of a financial advisor. Hmm. And those are things that us as CPAs, we're not really well versed in. But again, you're going to have people coming in and really working to share the information so that I can become a better advisor for my clients with the things that I would not necessarily uh, be aware of. And we're hoping to take the information that we've got and further develop that into an education program for student-athletes. So working with school Mm -hmm. and working with uh, Crystal Gifford and working with other people to develop a program that our members can then take out into the community, into their high schools, into their local colleges, into their community colleges to really work on spreading the word of of educating a student-athlete. Because, as Matt will attest to, athletes learn different than CPAs learn. Uh, The process of learning is different. And the goal is to really use athletics as the hook to get kids interested in saying, okay, this is as important as learning um, how to uh, hit or how um, how to shoot. And so that's really the goal. And, and in some cases right now, it's uh, working even at the middle school level where you've got uh, people working with 8- and 9- and 10-year-olds, and part of that uh, program is a little bit of financial education of, hey, you know what, try and save your money, try and do this, try and listen to the right people. So that's the conference in a nutshell. Um, I hope one day there's 600 people showing up and that we actually have the ability to affect a change in the system from the collegiate and from the professional level of how the kids are taught in a consistent manner from high school through college and into the pros. It's really and a... I think a, a few years off, but that's what I'd hope would happen. It's, re- it's really a culture change, and it's, it's so difficult to change the culture. And we've strategized, we talked about it, and it really is, you know, getting them young, you know, teaching them young, making sure that they understand at, at a young age. Um, but also, some of them are not young anymore, you know, so it's like educating those that uh, kind of miss the boat, you know, so it, it, it's, I see things changing, but man, it's kind of slow, and I just appreciate, you know, the SFAA being that catalyst. You know, and, and you, you talked about going out in the community, and absolutely, we have some programs we're working on with the uh, Phoenix chapter of doing just that, going out to the community, teaching financial literacy, and, and, and really, because everyone has to deal with money in one way, shape, or form. Jonathan Miller, Sports Financial Advisors Association, um, been in the fin- financial world for a uh, better part of three decades. Now, with the talk of eight, nine, ten-year-olds, even middle schoolers, how much, do, how much of a role do the parents play in this? Um. Parents play uh, a large role um, with, uh, with any kid's education. Um, the hard part is, depending on who you're talking to and at what level, um, sometimes there, are, uh, not, there is not much su- parent support, um, uh, either from the parents having a lack of education or um, not being around. Um, you have some very intelligent um, parents who... Um, are just not necessarily around and guiding their kids through this process. Um, 
what's interesting is there are stories of players whose parents' father, let's say, played in the league who still made financial mistakes. And you wonder how the child of a player could still make those mistakes when having been through that process already once. And the tough answer is um, that a lot of times being able to play uh, at a certain level, you have a certain level of invincibility. So back to your your parent question, uh, the parents need to get involved, the parents need to, but sometimes it's just not an option. Sure. Yeah, and, and that's our hope. I know we talked about how we could roll out a program like this, and, and I do believe having the parents involved is an integral part of having that being a successful program. So, you know, I certainly see the parents who would be there at every single game, you know, of their kid and wouldn't think about not being at a game because my daughter has a softball game tonight. I'm definitely going to be there, um, you know, but also being there on other important decisions in life, and that's money and, and how to work money. Tell me about the movie. Mm-hmm. So um, the movie, so the uh, uh, the documentary. Sorry, um, documentary. Working, I should have said it that okay. way. That's, it's a, it is a movie. It, it's just right now we, we're working on a documentary. It started a few years ago. I wanted to write a book of you know uh, how all the pitfalls that would happen. And I, I met a, a woman who's a producer and director, Susan uh, Sember, and mm-hmm. really it kind of came about to you know we should really just talk to these people and let them tell their stories. Um, over the last two or three years, we've developed over 400 hours of film from people such as uh, Shaq and uh, Cheryl Swoops and Mike Ditka to people you have never heard of that have, uh, maybe did not make it professionally but played in college and have still have stories of what happened to them and why. And um, we really wanted to capture the stories. What happened was ESPN some years ago aired their 3030 story. Um, for those of us that have been in the business, it was no big surprise. We knew all of these stories. What struck me was that ESPN did this production and then did nothing. There was no response. There was no what do we Solve. need to do about it? It yeah. was more of a, hey, here's a problem. Mm. So we, we are working on this documentary to create the enough media to be able to hopefully utilize these stories to teach kids because maybe they're going to listen to someone who they recognize, somebody who has been there, um, and not necessarily uh, listening to a stuffy old CPA. Uh, even though Matt and I might say the same thing, don't listen to Matt because he's tall. Hmm. And you know that's neat to them. Me, yeah. I just show up and I, I'm a little CPA, and and so I don't necessarily carry as much, um, as much weight as perhaps a, a former athlete does. And that's where sports becomes the hook to be able to get them interested in these concepts and understanding. Yeah, being able to convey a message. I mean, that seems to me some of the problems with these athletes who have this opportunity um, to convey a message and they don't have a message to convey and that's just a shame so uh, that's truly important you got somebody who's 611 but maybe dumber and rocks but <laughs> might find a way to connect to a kid and and I agree that sports can can be that you know conduit you know to really uh, tie the two together 
Um, I'm excited about Beyond the Game. I, I really am about your documentary. I know I've assisted in in some way, shape, and forms with 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 getting Susan some some interviews, and she went out to the Hall of Fame and this, that, and the other, and represented Rebound out there and grabbed some footage. And I just think it's fantastic. I, I love the premise behind it, and uh, I'm really excited about the future about that. And I'm really looking forward to the conference and a variety of things. We just got to stay the course, Jonathan. We're going to make a difference, and we already have. And let's just make sure. We're we do our due diligence and keep banging away. We know what's right is right. Yeah, I, w- I want. Yeah, Matt. Matt's been really great with with helping Susan and hooking her up with with a lot of the NBA access, which um, is a lot of closed doors. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, there's a lot of people trying to do a lot of good, and they have really good programs. But there's a lot of closed doors that they're running up against. Um, you know, I know Matt's even you know even in the school program and the app that they've got. There are some some closed doors that, mm-hmm. if they were to open, would, would really uh, would really make it much more effective. Um, the conference, before I forget, is in Arizona. It's mm-hmm. a wonderful Talking Stick uh, resort. If you've ever been to that casino out there, um, that's uh, that's an amazing place with a with a great view up top and uh, and uh, a nice awesome. little hotel. But that's where the conference is, and it's November 9th, tenth, and eleventh. And uh, we're just want to get more people out there to uh, get involved yeah i uh not only is the place you're having the conference is fantastic but i think the content that's going to be at the conference is really what's going to be the the stuff to take home with you you know stuff that you really grow you know as a company if you want to consider yourself a company and i always did because i was my own company playing pro basketball so how do you grow that company well you just learn and learn and learn and there's no way that this conference is you're not going to come out of this conference without learning something and learning a lot i've known kevin Dahl for some time you talked about him earlier he's going to be there and you know kevin's been doing some fantastic things and he was a former like you said national hockey league player for many many years and a very successful one then he started next goal and then went into victor so he's you know out there doing just that, making a difference, helping athletes in all different realms and um, connecting them and educating them and, and being that uh, catalyst to make sure that they are uh, changing culture and making things uh, positive and take all that negative away, that 30 and 30 negative. Let's find a solve. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm listening to everything you guys are saying and it's, it's interesting because um, I, again, I was fast-tracked into this whole NBRPA. And listen, I, I've been a basketball fan my whole life, sports fan my whole life, and I was guilty of the fact that I didn't think about Magic Johnson after he retired, you know, and he might be a bad example. I didn't think of Sidale Threat after he retired when I was watching at the Lakers because he's like, well, thank you for doing your part in entertaining me, but I don't think about you on a day-to-day basis anymore. And Matt's opened my eyes up to... Um, uh, up to seeing them as human beings, and the financial literacy thing is something that I'm so grateful that uh, that Matt continues to to talk about and to pound out there because it's it's a big deal. And 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 he says a, a lot of positive things about you and the link you guys had working together and everything. And your common goal, um, albeit through different pseudo different avenues, um, is something that will definitely make the post sports world for these athletes a better place if 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 they want it to. And that's such a huge caveat. And it seems like from what you said that. Sometimes you have you have some some pushback or some or some uh, lack of action on on the former athlete side and and hopefully um, there will be a full climate shift so to speak in the financial world and and it'll be um, it'll be more positive in, in the long run coming down with the years to come. 
Yeah, you know, it, it's um, it's frustrating when we see the stories on TV and we see the stories in the news. Um, you know, sort of like another one bites the dust. And, um, you know, the hard part is that uh, you're not going to save everybody. You're not going to help everybody. You're not going to be able to educate everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I once taught, you know, if you can just start with one, then you've done your job. Um, as a camp counselor, the, the director said, you know, every summer we had 300 kids going through here, but if you affect the life of one child this summer, you've done your job. Mm. And that's all we're really trying to do is let's just get one, and then maybe one will get two and two will get three and so on. And and, and that's really what we're trying to do. And, you know, um, it, it, we've got some really good support in Matt and Rebound, and uh, I've enjoyed working uh, with him and, and trying to help him see. And the other part of the, the conference is not just what you're going to learn, but the networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Matt will attest to that. Is We've built some really interesting friendships and business relationships where I have people that I can call upon mm-hmm. to help someone or to accomplish something. And I have people that are also willing to, to go out on that limb and help uh, a former athlete if there's an issue that needs to be addressed. Got about 30 seconds left. Uh, one question I wanted to ask that I probably should have started with, have you been a sports fan your whole life, or did you want to jump into a completely different umbrella uh, when starting this company? No, I I have not. Been, I was never a sports fan. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I've always been a sports fan, but not a fanatic, and there's a difference. Oh, of course there and is. It, yeah. And if you're a sports fan, you don't want to do what I do, because you cannot treat these clients like a sports fan. They're normal people, they're everyday people, and, and that's really how you have to approach it. I just got into it because it made accounting more fun, because accounting is boring. When <laughs> client plays in the NHL, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> well, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Jonathan Miller, uh, Sports Financial Advisors Association, November 9th, 10th, and 11th, Talking Stick awesome. Arena. Maybe we'll have you on one more time for a segment um, before the event. Go to uh, sportsfinancial.org. Yes. Sports yep, there it is. I was going to say, you got it. Sportsfinancial.org. All the information is on there, the up-and-coming conference. Come out, support them. It's, it's doing great things. Yep. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on Rebound yeah. Radio. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, of course. Jonathan. On the other side, we will continue our financial literacy talk. Maybe Pepper in just because the NBA season is starting. We might talk about two minutes about how I hate Carmelo. On the other side, <laughs> Freebound Radio. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Final segment, Alex Lancy, Matt Fish in studio, voiceamerica.tv. Haven't plugged that yet. Go to the website. Uh, there's the big Rebound uh, logo right in the middle of the homepage. Click on that. Um, CEO Jeff Bernard and uh, I believe Ryan. Did Ryan do any interviews? Well, yeah, uh, he did. <clears throat> Actually, he didn't, but they had someone else out there doing. I know, I know Jeff. Yeah, did. so Jeff did a yeah, couple Jeff out did. at um, out at Wigwam yep, um, yep. Golf Course for Jerry Colangelo's big charity event a few weeks ago for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, for the Hall of Fame. That's right. Yep. And uh, you'll see some some videos of Matt and myself from the NBA Legends Conference we did a couple months back in Vegas. So check that out if you want a, a video pictorial representation of of all the things that NBRPA is trying to do with former athletes. Uh, you'll be able to see some great videos. Keith Kloss, George Lynch, uh, Chu Smith. He's probably my favorite. <laughs> Him and Stephen Bardo are my favorite. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of big names, and a lot of big names in the NBA community that a lot of people don't know about, which seems counterintuitive. But there's a, like uh, Stephen Bardo is the don't dang it is he the Fever or the minutes I can't remember. He does play by play for one of the uh, WNBA teams. Mm-hmm. He's a Big Ten Network yeah, um, Big Ten. analyst, play by or analyst, not play by play. Um, Cherokee Parks. Cherokee Parks. Did him. He's as cool, cool in person yeah. as you think yeah. he'd be. He was yeah. I, He was my favorite interview. Is that right? He was just a cool dude. He's a cool yeah. dude from Venice Beach or Huntington Beach. And, tattoos uh, on his neck. <laughs> he's got as many tattoos as you think he does in person. I'll tell you what. His son's 6'4 already. And yeah. He's like 17. Uh-huh. Um, and he just got a – oh, Keith Kloss just got a gig in China. Yeah. And he's got to be 41. Well, or he, 42, right? You know, he's so long. and I, I, He's 7'3". He, three. he yeah. played with the Clippers for a while. Well, right. You guys didn't play together, right? He was no, after you. Just after me, yeah. Yeah, but Keith Kloss was another great interview that we had. And for those of you that are around my age or a little bit older, I'm 33. Um, all of these is 76, so he just turned he just turned 40 this year. Okay. And he's going to be playing in China because he still loves playing basketball. Well, and they love him over there. He went over there on a tour just to kind of check it all out. And he being so long and lanky and such a likable guy. 7'3". He, he's out there just, just putting on camps, and they just said, hey, won't you come play for us? And he did that, and he also even, I'm friends with him on Facebook, reached out about, hey, come on over if you have aspirations of playing in China because I could get you a spot over here. He was actually vying for others to come over, so they, it's Does your daughter want to learn Chinese <laughs> by chance well, for a year? <laughs> I'd like that, but she might not like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's, that's cool. I mean, that's good that he's, he's over there and continuing to get to play basketball. Now, did you eat any funnel cake when you were at Knott's Berry Farm? What junk food you did? I did. Good Midwestern boy. I knew it. <laughs> strawberries or no strawberries? Strawberries. Ugh. I put them on there, but with I put ice cloop? cream. I, I put ice cream on there too. It was good. My daughter loves strawberries, and strawberries had to happen. But all that being said, I have barely recovered from my Knott's Berry Farm uh, excursion. But the best part of it all was daddy-daughter time, and she'll hopefully remember it because my knees are going to remember it <laughs> for sure. But, uh, you know, that being said, she's back in school, and uh, I'm not going back to Knott's Berry Farm anytime soon if I can avoid it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I did it at – because I would go to, um, I would go to uh, uh, Six Flags, Magic Mountain. 
And mm. I, it's it, getting older and your stomach changes a little bit, especially if you don't eat good food, <laughs> like, you know, good healthy food. I would never dream of eating a funnel cake before getting on a ride. Man, I, I mean, that's you. like out of a movie. That's like that's like eating a, a chew before you go on the on the roller coaster and <laughs> in, uh, in whatever you know what I'm talking about in the Sandlot. Sandlot. When they just throw up all over, squints, man, just throws up all over everywhere. <laughs> You're killing me, small. Yeah, ham. I mean, it's bad. Um, You're anyways, me small. but that's I mean, that's fun. Like I thought about that that day, and I'm like, I would never eat funnel cake. Well, I if I went on a ride after, I've never rode rides like that in my whole life. I got to be honest. I mean, it was as soon as you can get in line, you can get in line again and ride it again. There was nobody there. The only people over there were people from Arizona because they had the break over here and this was during the day. People were waiting around for the night thing, the Halloween thing. So you walk in there and the park is yours. There's like hardly anyone else yeah, there. Yeah, totally. And it's like, yeah, it was great. Let's ride it again. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I may did, have half man. a one more in me. I bucked up and I did though. Well, so that's crazy. When you're young, you have no idea what being scared is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, this is going to, I mean, 11. She's more of Ugh. more of an adult than I was at 11 or 12. I was I was I went through like a year and a half of where I loved roller coasters, and then that was it. Because now Six Flags, it's just it's not. They try to kill you without killing you. <laughs> like it's not. Do you want your heart? To, you want your heart to stop beating? Go on this ride. Yeah. Longest line in the damn park. <laughs> well, you're being hurled through the oh air, God. sixty mile an hour, upside down, or however it is. I'm good. It's just. Oof. And we didn't ride it once. We rode it like 10 times. It was just, it was over the top. It was too much. Anyways. And then I drove all the way back. So it was a seven-hour drive all day there. All day there the next day, seven hour back. Got back three in the morning. But, it, uh, you know, got a caricature to remind. Oh, remember that's fantastic. So. You have to. <laughs> yeah, you have to. They must so. have made you shorter than you were. Well, it made me handsomer than I am. I'm like, he's a true artist. <laughs> I told him he was a true artist. <laughs> well, I'll probably bought, brought back that 25-year-old hairline. I'll tell you what. Uh, so let's talk NBRPA. Just a little bit. Uh, you just got an email. Let's um, let's talk about that just for a second. We have, I think, about five or six minutes left uh, before we got to get out of here. So what's going on? Let's talk macro now. We've been talking micro with what you've been doing and then what, what Jonathan Miller's doing. What is the NBRPA doing as a whole from, from what you've heard in the past couple weeks? Well, I just got an email. I should pull it up here. I do have my computer up and running. Um, we got an email from our CEO uh, members alert, and he was talking to us about the up-and-coming health insurance. Uh, there's going to be an announcement. It was supposed to be the 10th, and here it's the 20th, but uh, they're going to announce a, uh, a health insurance for those who played in the NBA. Uh, the more you played, the better health insurance it'll be for you. But So it's kind of a sliding scale, but just to even have it has been difficult. They've talked with the Players Association for many years about having it, and they've come to a decision, and they've come to an agreement, and uh, they see the value in uh, you're going to be a former NBA player, so the players are understanding that they're not going to play forever, which is tough to do while you're playing. But knowing that, you know, that they're going to have health issues. S certainly, your knees and your back and your mm -hmm. hips and your ankles, they're not all meant to do that, you know, and so you know, I've noticed as I've aged that, you know, things hurt, and so I'm glad that the young bucks can realize that when you get to be in your 40s and 50s, you're going to be hurting, so you need to have some good health insurance. So I'm excited about that new um, uh, announcement. Uh, also, there is another announcement about AFLIFE. AFLIFE um, 
has done uh, expanded services for pro basketball players now. So he was kind of shackled with only a three-year player, mm-hmm. even when we had him on the show like three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And this just came down the pike. So he sent me an email uh, excited to be able to provide services to more of the members of the NBRPA. Because in my opinion, there's more members of the NBRPA that have less than three years. You know, some of the big names think they don't need the NBRPA because they got so much money. They can make mistakes and still be fine because they make millions and millions of dollars. Well, not everyone's like that. There's just a few chosen ones, and people pretty much know their names, and they've got a brand that can carry themselves on. But the NBRPA demographics are people like me. I'm a journeyman. I was honored to be in the NBA, and I did well when I was there, and I backed up some great players, Dikembe Mutombo, Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, you know, some of these guys that were fantastic. And so I'm, I'm honored to have been able to do that. Um, but I didn't walk out of there with millions of dollars. Yeah. I didn't walk out of there. I can't make mistakes. I just I can't make the mistakes that they did and recover from it. So I have to be smarter about things going forward. you know. And so that's why... Speaking with John Harris from Aflife, speaking with Jonathan Miller, who was today from SFAA, about the need to educate and the need to understand that education is important. So, you know, I went back, got my degrees. Now I'm, the pressure's on. i gotta, I got to do something now, right? Yeah. But, uh, but you are doing things. That, just man. maybe not. It's <laughs> We're making the a difference. The rest will come. I know that much. Yeah. We're, we're mean, making a difference. I know that much. And I enjoy being 6'11 and, and, and grabbing pe- people's attention. When you come in, it's kind of, and you duck under the door, you, you grab their attention. Mm-hmm. And you got to use that, though, and really have a message. And so that's what I'm trying to share with the other NBA players that might not have a message. Look, here's going to be our message, you know, and you, you have to believe in the message. So it's almost like, hey, what do you believe in and what strikes you as a nerve? What do you see getting behind? And then if they can really have be a part of them and their lives and really get behind it like they should, they're going to have that marriage, that relationship with the emotion that goes along with the cause behind it. So really, it's, it's finding out what inspires you, and many of them, financial literacy, because a lot of them got screwed, you know, over the years. They met the wrong person. They did the wrong investment. They wish they hadn't have. So a lot of people, uh, these guys truly are behind the financial literacy. Well, and yeah, and, and, and it's like interesting it. because... When when you get out of the league, or even when you're in the league, and you with investments and stuff, it's it's a crap. Sh- like uh, most investments, there's never such thing as a quote unquote sure thing. Right. You know. So it's again the human aspect comes into it. In financial literacy, the more and more you can hold on to your money more and, and make more um, uh, uh, informed decisions based upon patterns in the in the financial world and everything like that instead of just saying, okay, here's a chunk of money, I hope it works out. Well, here's my dream, that, that this culture does change. And not only can this this amount of money change their lives and the future generations that, that are tied in with their family, but also they'll have so much money and have done it so right that they get to give money away. And if you get to just give, 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 because you're already set, you know, that's the way you want to live your life. And I, I just think that if you set yourself up, and you can do that early on, you can set others up, you know, beyond yes. your family and yes. make even a bigger difference. So that's really what my hope is. And uh, we're a ways away from that, but we're certainly inching towards that. Yeah, I mean, it's good. And every day it seems that more and more things are, are coming about, and I, and I alluded to it earlier, that just because there isn't a new event on the docket yet, that doesn't mean that five aren't in the works of being set up for the next six months or so. Mm-hmm. So just keep your keep your ears out. The NBRPA is always working. It's a well-oiled machine that is it is uh, just has many different avenues avenues 
in an effort to help a lot of people. And, you know, it's former athletes, but that also trickles down into all of the charities that the athletes are working with, which with kids or, you know, other athletes. It, it's not just 12 and under that people are working with. You know, mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different, like the like the heart test. And then yeah. and then Cedric Sabalos is working with, with hearing, hearing and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of it is catered to the former athlete by other former athletes to kind of group together and, and, and make a difference for themselves also, which is a charitable thing as well. Like it's not a selfish me, me, me thing. There's not money exchanging hands. It's the greater good for the former athlete that may have heart issues because they've been playing basketball for 10 or 15 years professionally, let alone the other 25 years they were playing, you know, in, in middle school and high school every day, all day, um, to make a career for themselves because you're using your body as your tool and it breaks down after a while and, you're actually pretty put, pretty well put together still. You have some, obviously, some tendonitis and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. You got some knee issues, but he's not limping. No, I'm you good. know he's not, except for when he cricks his neck to get in, get in a, a door jam. You know he's, <laughs> but I, I mean at the at the NBRPA conference, the NBA Legends conference, I'm not gonna, I won't name names, but you saw some 35, 37, 40 year old guys that aren't walking with a cane, but they're walking with a oh, limp yeah. for sure, and that's mm -hmm. the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not rehab. You can do physical therapy to maintain where you're at then, but it's not like you're going to get your body back. So there's a lot of sacrifices yeah. these guys made mentally and physically and financially, and now the probably the easiest one or, or, or the, the one that will set you up for the rest of your life is the finances because that's how you're going to provide for yourself and your family and your, you know, your friends or whoever for the rest of your life is to learn how to use your finances in the most effective way possible. Because your body's used up. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it's also not going to help you, and you're, you're not going to play professional basketball anymore. Well, it's just unreal to be 30 years old and be considered old, and you got to realize that you got the rest of your life ahead of you. Yeah, so. and, and the paychecks are not there anymore, which is, again, something. Say you play for five or six years, and, you know, like Brandon Roy is a perfect example. Brandon Roy had three or four knee surgeries. He was 27 years old, highly touted out of Washington. Him and Nate, him and Nate Robinson played on the Washington team where they were the number one seed overall, mm -hmm. or one of the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament. And he had three or four knee surgeries. He played with Portland. He was huge his rookie year. I think he won rookie of the year. Tore his ACL, tore his ACL, and then tried to come back in Minnesota, hurt his knee again, and that was it. By the age of 26, what do you do the rest of your life? He didn't get that Mac Daddy deal that you get four years in for $100 million. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, they're players like that by the boatloads. Yeah, Sorry, and that's why financial literacy is such a big deal. We have to get out of here. Uh, we will continue to talk about this uh, next week. Financial literacy is going to be a big deal. We're going to have Brian Grant on, yep. former NBA player, played with the Heat. He was part of the blockbuster trade that sent Shaq to Miami. Yep. It was Lamar Odom, Cron Butler, and Brian Grant to the Lakers. Brian Grant was one of my favorite players growing up, and I can't wait to talk to him. Oh, he's a great guy. Um, and Matt, good on you for, for getting him on, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll be on the next show. Yep, that's the plan. We will see you guys next week. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Click on the Rebound uh, logo to watch all the streaming video that we had from former NBA players. For Matt Fish, I'm Alex Clancy, Rebound Radio. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.